It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in everybody on a uh, Wednesday midweek edition, 12th day of uh, October. As uh, we got Ben B-Baby Byram producing the uh, show today. And we've hey, got um, we got Mississippi. You know, I, I don't know if we were holding back. Uh... Oh, who was that, Ben? What was her name? Nikki Novak. Nikki Novak, yeah. I don't. But now if you look at Nikki Novak's social media. She's on the Today Show, like actually in the studio. She's at this movie premiere. That maybe she's back to traveling again, and like totally forgot this show. Totally forgot it. Well, when you're yucking it up with Al Roker and whoever else is on the Today Show, I mean, who needs us? Hoda. Yeah, Hoda. I used to watch Hoda every morning before school in elementary school. Really? Yeah, I love the Today Show. The Today Show is uh, how I got my news as a kid. That's... They never got really serious on that show, so I wasn't I wasn't exposed to the horrors of the world like ah, every you were... other news. Right, yeah. right, yes. Like if it were a real newscast. No, I understand. It was very family you. friendly. Well, that was the key to their success. And then ABC. I, I don't know what who wins is winning the ratings now. For when I was doing uh, morning news uh, for an individual station, I would uh, ABC had made their way uh, and, and surpassed them as the, uh, the good morning America. Crew. Yeah. See, I didn't like that show. I despise that show. Cause, uh, I was, a, I was the today show. Uh, I, I was a diehard fan. You were team today show. Yeah, I got absolutely yeah. team yeah. Jacob or team Edward. I'm team today show. Yeah. Yeah. Simpler time. All right. Uh, well, they picked, uh, they, we had AAC media days. It actually continues tomorrow, but ECU went, uh, numero uno in, uh, AAC media day. Uh, right off the bat, they were the uh, they were the tip off to AC, AAC Media Day uh, in uh, on ESPN Plus. I like the format again. I, I, look, this is the way to do it. If if you're the American, nobody has to travel. You don't have to waste the money to go out to a, a destination like Charlotte is doing with the ACC stuff, where people are going. And you know, I mean, I saw a, a, a shot of the AC and this is the, you know, that's the commissioner speaking for the ACC. So that's a little bit of a snooze fest, but I mean, it is, you know, fairly important. And I mean, Ben, there's probably, if there's 25 people in the media, that thing, that's a lot. Wow. And I mean, that's the ACC. Yeah. Usually uh, you would think every triad uh, media dork would be there, but Maybe they were the of the twenty five. It was all. Well, I mean, that's probably who was there. Was was were people from North Carolina? You know, I doubt anybody's uh, hoofing it down from Syracuse, New York, or up from Tallahassee, Florida, to that thing. Probably not. Yeah, probably. Not. I I like the way the American does it. I think they're very aware. They bought out. It's perfect. They uh, put a lot of money behind that studio just for that, and I think the format is perfect. American making great moves. 
And so they beam people in and we can hook up to them on the zoom and, uh, we are able to fire questions away and it was flawed, uh, the, no issues. No, the AAC does a fabulous job with that. Uh, they need to get a resco, a teleprompter, but he other than that, it. he ain't reading it. Even if there is one, <laughs> he's going to bring that paper out. He's going to unfold that paper and read whatever's off that paper. He's got. <laughs> Just put it in a teleprompter. You got all that money that you're spending it. Uh, so we do have, uh, some comments from, uh, that today, the pirates, uh, in both men's and women's basketball picked 11th, which, uh, is unfortunate, but, uh, Hey, nowhere to go, but up, right? Hey, two number ones. The way I look at it. That's, that's what Mike, uh, <laughs> Swartz said today. And I thought that was a cool comment. Um, look, the thing about the men's team is this, there's so much new and unknown and they're so young. And with the women this year, I'm going to be on some of the uh, women's telecasts for plus this year. So I'm going to be a little more familiar with their program, but you know, it seems like again, six newcomers, there's a lot of unknown. And, uh, I think both teams could have a shot to, to, to move up. You can't tell me in men's basketball, South Florida is the number nine team. I mean, that's just, yeah, Brian Gregory's still coaching them. So, I mean, come on. (laughs) Wow. You're not a Brian Gregory fan. No, he's, he's a fine fella. But I just, I, I'm, I, I, and look, I like, uh, the, the AD at, at South Florida. We've had him on the show and on the pregame show, uh, many times, Mike Kelly, he's a, a bright guy. Uh, but, uh, I just, there's, they got a lot of issues down in Tampa and a lot of things to overcome and he's extending coaches and nobody's winning. Except women's basketball. I've seen Brian Gregory up close and personal. He's got a very uh, different coaching style, let's say. He's uh, he's constantly yelling at guys. There's not a lot of coaching in there. There's a whole lot of yelling. A mm. whole lot of, whole lot of uh, just chewing guys out. Well, you know. I'm a fan. So Marcus Sasser was the preseason player of the year in men's basketball. The preseason rookie of the year is uh, Jarius Walker at Houston also. Houston's loaded again. Uh, Kendrick Davis will probably be in the mix for player of the year. By the way, I forgot he transferred within the conference to Memphis. He did. He did. That used to be a no-no. Yeah. But it is not anymore. Well, I guess Brandon Suggs did it too. I mean, he transferred to UCF. Yeah. It's become a thing. Well, no, that's that's, that's true. Uh, Jalen Cook uh, from uh, Tulane, great guard, is on the all-conference first team. Uh, Sasser Davis, uh, DeAndre Williams at uh, Memphis. And then Damian Dunn from uh, Kinston, redshirt sophomore. And I think he's 38. He's been there a while. Now, does he Temple. claim Kinston? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. As his hometown. Yeah. 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 Um, second team, uh, David Julius from Sensi, Jamal Sh- uh, Sheed of Houston, uh, Khalif Battle of Temple. Kevin Cross of Tulane and Jalen Forbes of Tulane. There's a lot of magazines picking Tulane as uh, the number two team. Now, the the poll, the preseason conference coaches poll had him pick fourth. I actually think but, that's uh, fair. That's, that's about where they're going to be, I think. You think? I think a lot of the preseason hype comes down to Jalen Cook, to be quite honest with you. Not to say well, they don't have true. other players, but yeah, yeah. if something were to happen to Jalen Cook, what are we looking at this Tulane team now? I remember Ron Hunter said Ron Hunter didn't come to Tulane to finish last. Yeah. I remember when he said that. 
By golly, he ain't, he hey, ain't joking. Keep in mind, ECU men's basketball got picked last last year in the preseason coaches poll. They finished ninth. finished ninth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, Tulane, Temple, UCF, SMU, Wichita State, South Florida, Tulsa, East Carolina, in that order. Uh, Houston got 10 of the 11 first place votes. Memphis got one. I still think maybe Tulane ahead of Cincinnati. Maybe I don't, you know, if it, look, I, no disrespect to Penny, but if it comes down to coaching, uh, Wes Miller and Ron Hunter, I could see Tulane finishing fourth. Yeah. I think he's the weakest link when it comes to the top four right there in the standings. Got a lot of talent though. Obviously got don't tell him I said that he'll want to beat me up or something or start yelling at me. I don't know about it's that. Very intense. Who, uh, Penny? Yeah, he's a very intense guy. You remember he was yelling at the media last year? Well, he was not yelling at the media. That's right. He would yell at the media. Yeah, that's a good he point. Said, we got young kids. Yeah, he did yell at. Uh, he did yell and holler. Didn't yeah, he was frustrated. All right, um, let's uh, get to. Let's. It's just one big pirate report today. Go ahead and uh, hit it here, Ben. We'll get to some of uh, the comments from ECU men's basketball here. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Mike Swartz uh, today talking to the uh, assembled media virtually at AAC Basketball Media Days. He said, we got to find leadership. We're trying to figure out who can be le provide leadership on this team. And, and I give a lot of credit to the guys that came back from last season and that we're here at ECU uh, prior to me arriving. So when I think about guys like RJ Felton, Javon Small, Brandon Johnson, and, and even though Winston Tabs has not been fully cleared yet, he's provided great leadership. So right now, the biggest thing that we're looking for this preseason is, is to decide as a team who can provide some veteran leadership. Um. This is Coach Swartz when asked about uh, relying and establishing a, a culture of defense within the Pirate Hoops program. Yes, yeah, Stephen, that, that's a big thing. Is that just something we can count on that we don't think is going to vary night to night? And I, you know, I don't know if that means we'll be at our best defensively every night. I sure hope that's what we, uh, we want to be, and that's the standard we're trying to set. But definitely from a defensive standpoint, that's what we want to be the backbone of our team and, and the foundation of our program. Go ahead, Steve. The button slipped. Uh, Mike, Mike Swartz on what? Reggie Williams, NBA guy, could score a lot of points. Does he have any eligibility? Reggie Williams, what he brings to the staff. Well, Reggie's been awesome. We're so excited to have him here as a part of our staff. And obviously he had a great collegiate career and as well as an NBA career and then overseas playing at a very high level. But more than anything, what Reggie does is he brings a great sense of credibility to our coaching staff. Our guys have seen him play in the NBA. They know what he did in college and being able to communicate with the guys about what we're trying to accomplish. He has a very unique way and great way of doing it. Uh, and, uh, he says to coach Swartz, Hey, we know we've got, uh, a big learning curve. Well, the first thing I'd say is everybody knows, and, and obviously the preseason predictions and all that, and what we have seen from the media and other coaches in the league, we know we lack experience. That's not something that we are going to be in the upper tier in the country. We'll actually probably be 
one of the least experienced teams in terms of minutes returning, points, statistics, etc. in the country. So with that, the only way to get experience, Patrick, is to get experience. So you got to play. So the experience we get will provide more and more as the season goes. From a standpoint of the conference schedule, excuse me, non-conference, we wanted a challenging non-conference schedule to prepare us for one of the absolute best basketball conferences in the country. So with that being said, we know that hopefully we're getting better in November, December, and we can be playing some of our best basketball as we get in the conference. Uh, and then, uh, look, Coach Schwartz says it's a culture of competition. Everything we do is based on that around pirate basketball now. Well, I think when uh, Jaden and Winston get up here, you can ask them. But basically, our whole practice is competition. Everything we do is competition from whether it's conditioning, breakdown drills, or obviously five on five and playing up and down. So uh, competition is everything. And, and I've said this before that I don't think it matters if we're fortunate enough to have any success or build this program and get to where we want it to be or where we envision competition will always be a staple uh, of what we do in practice every day and it doesn't matter once we even have a rotation set or when a lineup is set i think you're always competing because that's what's going to keep you sharp all right and uh coach Schwartz on uh where the pirates were picked in the preseason we look at it and we know, but you know what, in the end of the day, whether you are picked first or you're picked 11th or you're picked somewhere in the middle, you have to go out and do it. And, and you know, and it, obviously we will take it as a, a motivating factor, but if we don't have a chip on our shoulder anyways, it, it doesn't matter what expectations are. So, um, yeah, we, we, we recognize it and we've talked about it with our team, but in the end of the day, you have to go out there and just like the team that will be picked first in our conference, they got to go out there and do it. All right, and then uh, quickly, Winston Tabs here on uh, being on the road back from his injury. Uh, it's been a struggle. Um, I definitely am um, taking like some some time to just uh, take in everything. Um, the process has been long, some dark days, some good days. Uh, really taking in the small wins helped me um, to stay patient. And now I'm on the other side of that, so I'm getting close to being cleared. Um, and I'm just ready to play. And then uh, tabs on what Coach Swartz has brought to the program. Uh, definitely um, a family atmosphere. Um, team chemistry is great. Um, we definitely, you know, we'll, we'll be competing every game with whoever we play um, and just taking it game by game. All right, uh, we'll get a break. Uh, tell you what, uh, we'll hear from Mike Houston next. We still got Kim McNeil. Uh, we're going to have Kevin Williams, ECU golf coach, as a guest today on the program. Uh, he's got a, a couple of, uh, or a couple of ECU golfers uh, are going into the ECU Athletics Hall of Fame this weekend, uh, including HV3 and then someone who played with uh, Coach uh, when he was the women's coach here, Kevin. So a uh, lot to get to today. We'll try to jam it all in. Hey, starting Monday... Uh, we will start airing the Doug Gottlieb Show live at 3, right here on uh, 94.3 The Game, Eastern North Carolina's home for sports, 3 to 5. And then following us here every weekday afternoon, Cavino and Rich will be airing. Cavino and Rich. So there you go. Live, great programming. You'll get all uh, the breaking news live with those programs starting Monday. 
Uh, tickets to the ECU Memphis game. We got uh, a pair for you. 252-561 game. 252-561-4263. Caller 3 will win that and a gift card to Chico's. Good luck. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the gram. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Chris from Greenville, our big winner. What happened to him, Benny? He had to go. Yeah, everybody's busy. Mm. What are you doing besides listening to the show? Congrats to Chris in G Vegas. It wasn't Cookie Chris, was it? No, it was not Cookie Chris. Oh. Chris is working right now. He's at the press conference. So. Cookie Chris is. Yes, he's now. Yeah. He wants to be referred to as King Christopher, and I'm not having it. It's not. That's bizarre. Yeah. You guys keep your nerd stuff. It's far away from he this audience. He wants you to refer you to him as your grace, and that's not happening. That's strange. Um, I don't know. Hey, uh, Mike Houston now will uh, get some of his comments uh, ahead of the Memphis game in today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Mike Houston says the loss against Tulane last Saturday was a tough one. Um, obviously disappointed in uh, not being able to get the victory down in New Orleans this past weekend. Thought we faced a very good Tulane team. Um, you know, when you look back at the game, and I've watched it multiple times and watched it with both uh, sides of the ball and special teams, you know, you look at uh, the things that we did well, and I thought we did start the game very well. Um, thought we played very well in the first quarter. I thought that uh, as the game went on, there, you know, there's half a dozen plays where uh, Tulane made a play and we did not, um, you know, one way or the other. And uh, I thought those plays combined with a couple of mistakes that we made uh, that Tulane did not uh, ended up in them winning what was a, uh, you know, highly contested uh, game. Coach Houston on uh, how the team and coaching staff are motivated. And, uh, you know, the one thing I do know is we have a very motivated group. We have a motivated group of coaches. We have a motivated team. Uh, we had a good workout on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, we've had productive uh, both players and coaches things over the last uh, day and a half since then. Uh, I expect us to have a really good practice this afternoon. Uh, I expect the Pirates to play well this coming Saturday. Excited to be back at home. Uh, should be a... A great atmosphere, 7.30 kickoff, homecoming. Um, you know, you, you're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of people back here for the Hall of Fame induction and Marcus Crandall going in. And uh, just a lot of excitement around the game. And it's two really good football teams. You know, and uh, the, the great thing about that, Benjamin, is um, Marcus Crandall, of course, was on uh, with us for uh, a bit. Uh, for a season or two, and uh, we always enjoyed having Marcus around. Such a nice guy. Uh, happy for him, so congratulations to him. Uh, but it's going to be great weather-wise. And, you know, just based on what Coach said there and what some of the players said yesterday as well, 
I get the feeling there was a real sort of uh, self-reflective mode about this team on Sunday when they met, when they got together. There was, there was not, all right, well, let's go. I mean, there was some real, you know, self-reflection among everybody is my guess. Well, I definitely noticed that uh, in this press conference, Mike Houston had a different demeanor than uh, than he usually does. And maybe that's me looking a little bit too into it, but definitely seemed like the energy was a whole lot different as opposed to what it usually is. And um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely going to be a motivated squad coming into Dowdy Ficklin this Saturday against a highly motivated Memphis team who's been very good this year despite a epic uh, implosion against Houston last week. Crazy stuff. Um, Mike Houston talking about the talented teams and executing plays. I'm just reading what's written here. Everybody in this conference has a lot of talent. You know, Tulane had a lot of talent on defense. Tulane had a lot of talent on offense. You know, Memphis this weekend, they've got a lot of talent on both sides. We all have a lot of talent. So it comes down to who can execute the best, uh, you know, who can play together the best. That's really the big one. You know, the better team is going to win on game day. And so it's, you know, striving to try to get a, a group of individuals to play together and be the best team on game day each Saturday. Let's jump to 31 here, Ben. And this is Coach talking about limiting mistakes. It's part of being a good football team because good football teams, you know, they don't beat themselves with pre-snap penalties and post-snap penalties. You're going to have penalties during the play. You know, you're going to have things that happen because it's a highly competitive game. Um, you know, the interception in the end zone, it was a poor throw. That's, just, that, that's all it is. It's a poor throw. You know, if the throw is accurate, it's a touchdown. Uh, and certainly that was a big play that the Memphis DB made, but that is one of the plays that I was talking about that, that those are one of the half a dozen plays where, you know, if, if you make the play there and Memphis doesn't, it changes the game. And probably both those plays do. So uh, that's the stuff that we've got to correct, clean up, and do better. Ben, let's hit number 30 here where uh, Coach talks about Ehlers uh, you know, kind of maybe working on his scrambling a little more, but also not holding on to the ball so much. Well, that's certainly the scramble drill is something we work each week, and it's a very you know, choreographed kind of deal. Um, and I, I agree with you. I don't think we did a great job with it at times last Saturday. Um, and, you know, why we didn't last Saturday, you know, that's the questions you ask when you're watching the film. Uh, and it's certainly something you emphasize. You know, for example, we do pass scale good on good, uh, every Tuesday and every Wednesday in practice. And the thing I encourage the quarterbacks to do is, you know, don't sit back there because, you know, you don't have an offensive line, defensive line in those settings. You know, after a, a certain beat, you know, you need to scramble. And Coach Kirkpatrick encourages them to scramble because, you know, you can you, – we work the drill against air, okay? But uh, – and that's fine. You know, you work it against air so they know where to go. But then the best work is when you're going against the defense because you're, you're reacting to another body. Uh, and, you know, we just got to continue to do a better job of taking that to the field. We've obviously had some huge plays in the scramble drill throughout the season so far. So, you know, to me, it comes down to more just a focus deal in the ball game. I, I mean, I really hope he'll run more. He's better when he's running. He's more versatile when he's running. Well, that's kind of been the weird thing under Mike Houston's tenure. We've seen it where they want to run – want him to run the ball more, and then we've seen that he they want him to make more of a pocket quarterback. It's been kind of back and forth during Houston's tenure. And it's kind of time to, like, make up your mind when it comes to Holton Aylers. I mean, it's his last year. I think you got to utilize that. I mean, he's been given this talent 
Uh, he can extend plays on his feet. Why not use that? And I don't know. It's just strange they've been going back and forth with him during Houston's tenure uh, with Holt Naylor's that quarterback and his scrambling. Here is uh, been our favorite room, the running back room, which is banged up right now. Coach Houston with an update on that. I think pretty good. I mean, we've got bumps and bruises everywhere. I mean, that's, you know, everybody does. I promise you Memphis does too. Um, and so that's, that's why we're fortunate to have a great athletic training staff. Uh, and, you know, they're doing a great job with the kids as far as taking care of their bodies uh, and improving each day. And then, uh, you know, the goal is to have everybody ready to go on game day. All right, Ben Byram with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update. It is brought to you by Team Boneyard. So, Ben, get that one ready. Do a little uh, promotional read there for our uh, friends at Team Boneyard. In fact, uh, I can tell you that uh, Monday, it looks like we're going to have uh, Jeremy Lewis on the show, courtesy of Team Boneyard. So he'll be joining us uh, that day. So let's hope uh, Lewis has a huge game on uh, on uh, Saturday. All right, let's uh, let's hope everybody does. Let's uh, get Ben in for that right now. We'll be joined by Kevin Williams. We'll still hear some from Kim McNeil on uh, ECU women's basketball from uh, AAC Media Day. A uh, huge pirate report edition of the PJ Show. Here's Ben with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. The American Athletic Conference held their annual basketball media day on ESPN+. Plus. East Carolina men's and women's basketball were both picked last at 11th in the conference preseason coaches poll. First-year ECU men's basketball head coach Mike Schwartz says that building experience and finding leadership is key this season. We're trying to figure out who can be provide leadership on this team. And, and I give a lot of credit to the guys that came back from last season and that we're here at ECU uh, prior to me arriving. ECU women's basketball head coach Kim McNeil also made an appearance. She talked about the development of formal central product Amaya Joyner with our very own Patrick Johnson. You know, obviously Amaya is a freshman and freshmen have their woes. You know, but I'm really excited at what she's been able to do thus far. You know, this whole environment for her is new. Houston was picked as the unanimous preseason favorite to win the conference in the AAC preseason coaches poll for the men's, while South Florida was picked to win the women's. And Kinston native and Temple sophomore guard Damian Dunn was selected to the first team preseason all AAC team. Pirate football gearing up for homecoming in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium this Saturday against the 4-2 Memphis Tigers. ECU quarterback Holt Ayler speaking to the media yesterday. He says he sees a lot of similarities between ODU's defense and Memphis's. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot, you know, schematically they're a lot similar to ODU. Uh, they got a really good DN that they're going to move around a lot. Uh, they play a lot of, a lot of cover four, you know, or really cover six, you know, two to the boundary, four to the field. Um, they will play some man coverage. So, you know, we're going to, they're, they're huge up front. I mean, they, they got a really good D line, so we're going to have to block really well and, you know, create some space on the open field. So it's going to be a good challenge for us, but we're ready to go. Kickoff for ECU versus Memphis this Saturday is set for 7.30. We'll bring you live pregame coverage beginning at 4 o'clock with our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown with Patrick Johnson, ECU football legend Terrence Copper, live from outside Town Bank Tower. ECU wide receiver Isaiah Winstead was added to the 2022 Bolitnikoff Award watch list meant to honor the best wide receiver in college football. Winstead becomes the 12th Pirate in program history to make appearance on the list, joining the likes of Zay Jones, Justin Hardy, Dwayne Harris, among many others. Carolina Panthers have a tough road ahead. Interim head coach Steve Wilkes trying to get the squad ready for their upcoming matchup against the defending Super Bowl champs, the LA Rams. Quarterback Baker Mayfield expected to be out for a couple of weeks and ruled out for that game due to a high ankle sprain. Backup quarterback Sam Darnold still out for the Panthers. Coach Wilkes says that Darnold can return as early as next week. In the meantime, Wilkes says he has full confidence in quarterback P.J. Walker. 
PJ is up and ready. Uh, he does a great job in being a pro and preparing each and every day. Uh, I have total confidence in him if he has to step in and play. That's going to do it for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. This 94 Through the Game Sports Update brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting part student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. Coming up, ECU men's head golf coach Kevin Williams on the other side of quick timeout talking about Harold Vaughn III getting inducted into the ECU Athletics Hall of Fame. All that and more on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 94.3 The Game on Twitter. Always great to catch up with uh, a good friend, a man who's uh, done some great things for Pirate Golf, uh, both the men's team and the women's team over the years. And we've got uh, Coach Williams, Kevin Williams, on with us uh, here as we uh, get ready for uh, taking on those woofies this weekend. We'll we'll get into all of that with uh, with Coach Williams. Uh, Kevin, great to talk to you, man. Always always fun to catch up with you. Thanks, Patrick. Great to be on the show. Appreciate you having me. So you guys are coming off a, a win at an event you hosted earlier in the month that followed a second place finish, uh, at an event out at Davidson. And, uh, you know, look it, it, like it is for guys that are trying to score. Uh, you need to see the ball go in the hole a little bit. Yeah. You guys need to see yourselves playing in the last group, uh, like you did at Davidson finishing first, uh, like you did earlier in the month at Ironwood. So, I mean, those sort of things that. You know, I like the way you're building the program. We were talking about it before we went on here, and that and that's that's kind of part of what you're doing right now. Yeah, we we kind of felt like when we came in last year, obviously the schedule was already set, and it was a schedule that was uh, quite frankly too tough for the team we had, and uh, uh, so it's hard to have a lot of confidence when you're you're getting your head beat against the wall week in week out, and so. Uh, we felt like schedule-wise, and, and we did this on the women's side, and you have to have events that you feel like you have a chance to win. So if we go to a tournament, there's anywhere from 12 to 17 teams there, schools there, you're competing against. And, you know, you don't want to be finishing in the back half of the field all the time. And so we kind of built the schedule this year where we got four really tough tournaments where, you know, we're going to probably finish in the back half of the field unless we play to our potential, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to schedule what I call some medium uh, events where a lot of teams, pretty similar to us in a lot of ways, but maybe a little better. And or have been better, and so we measure ourselves against them, and hopefully have a chance to win a tournament, which was what happened at Davidson. Uh, we didn't, didn't finish it, but it was one of those medium fields I yeah. call medium strong. And then our, our home event at Ironwood uh, was was more towards the, the weaker side. I say the back end was very weak, and there was four or five schools like us. Uh, they could beat us; we could beat them. And just so happened, uh, we ended up winning, which is great because we didn't play good. 
And as you know, I mean, we're, we're trying to develop this winning mentality. And, and the best way to do that is, is to see some success. You, you know, you can't work hard all the time and, and, and not <laughs> see some success. You want to be able to work hard and then, and then develop some type of winning mentality. And, and winning, as you know, Patrick, it just feeds itself, doesn't it? You know, you get that confidence and you just, it just grows like wildfire, like a wildfire and just takes off. And, um, you know, that's what we're trying to hope, hope to do with the program. I feel pretty good about the plan and uh, pretty, I feel good about the team. I mean, we've got some uh, young talent that's really helping us, some new players that have really made a big impact. And uh, I, I, see, uh, uh, I see us getting better and better each week. You've got a couple grad students who played really, really well for you uh, in Greenville beginning of the month, but then some of your freshmen uh, and some of these newer guys in the program uh, have played pretty well for you here the last couple of events. Yeah. So uh, Stuart Fuller and Nick Brown are the two grad students that have really made a big impact. Stuart uh, came in from High Point this fall. Nick Brown came in last fall. Uh, and then Connor Jones is also a grad student. Those three guys obviously give us some great leadership up, up top. And uh, obviously, Nick had a great summer, won the Carolinas Amateur, which was a huge, huge uh, win for Nick and the program, for him to win that big tournament. Uh, Stewart was in the final group at the North Carolina AM, very good player. And they mm-hmm. obviously making an impact. I, I think the, the, the coolest thing for me as a coach has been to see our, our two freshmen, uh, Philip Bonestad and Lucas Augustin, uh, one's from Norway, the other one's from Sweden, and they've really come in. And, and, and to be honest with you, Patrick, set the tone. I mean, they they have looked right at these guys and just, you know, had practice and, and, and beat them. And then beat them, like Philip, for instance, the first five-round qualifier, he shoots 15 on the par and wins by 15 strokes. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, so that message that resonates throughout the team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, coaches bringing in some new players. Uh, and for me, I mean, having been on the women's side, these guys need to see me bring in some good players. They don't need to see me bring in players that aren't going to help us, you know. Right. Yeah. And again, it just kind of validates, you know, that you know what you're doing, so to speak. And I, and that's, that's been good. That's been, I mean, to be honest, Cato and I talked about it a bunch. We needed our freshmen, our new guys, to play good this year. We needed them to come in just from that. Ah, the the confidence yeah. that that or the trust you develop with your players uh, that they look at and say wow yeah this, we're we're going in the right direction these guys can really play I mean these coaches know what they're doing type you know it just kind of I don't know from from a respect standpoint from a confidence and trust in your coaching staff I, I think is big so obviously for us uh, very excited to see. Uh, those guys come in and make an impact. They have not played as well in the tournament, the, the three tournaments we've had so far. They've mm-hmm. played okay. I say mixed reviews. They've been better at home or like when we go out and qualify than they're on the road, but they've shown glimpses of being really good. Philip this past week was our low guy at Ironwood and shot on the par and finished, uh, finished uh, actually two strokes out, finished tied for second. And then Lucas shot 68 the second round of River Run at Davidson's tournament, which is River Run's just an extremely tough golf course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're just, yeah, we're seeing some really nice signs from these new players. Um, really so far, Stewart, who's new this year, Philip and Lucas, those three have started every event. 
And so it's nice to see the impact these uh, new guys are making in our program. ECU golf coach Kevin Williams, uh, he mentioned Cato there, the great Mike Cato is helping him out uh, quite a bit. And uh, that's just uh, two, two, you won't find two finer fellas than those two guys. those two guys there. Hey, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, this week, Wolfpack Intercollegiate uh, event being played in Raleigh at Lonnie Pool, uh, another nice uh, course for, for competition. Uh, give me uh, – well, I, I, look, I guess when you talk Wolfpack golf, you do have to mention about the uh, recently uh, deceased uh, Richard Sykes. Let, let's start there. Yeah. And, and Coach Sykes, who uh, was, was never short on giving you what was on his mind. Wow. No, <laughs> no. He's, he, he's greatly missed when he retired. Obviously, Preston Hall, who was here, yeah. and Harold mm-hmm. Varner's coach, mm-hmm. when he was here at ECU, took Richard's place. And uh, there was never a dull moment when you were around Coach Sykes. He had some of the best one-liners. And I, one of the stories I remember so vividly was that they were – playing in a tournament they didn't play well and it was a private club at the guard house right to get into the facility and he pulls up to the guard and rolls down the window and says appreciate everything this week uh take a good look at these guys because you won't see them again (laughs) 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 so he was just he was great about just like uh giving me you know his unique twist and perspective on everything and uh, definitely a coaching legend, Hall of Famer, and uh, had tremendous success at NC State. And uh, he, he'll be greatly missed. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, he obviously died in his sleep a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah. just uh, we all we feel sorry for he and his family. I, I know uh, he kept them in stitches all the time with uh, his quick wit. And, uh, but yeah, we're, we're sad for that. We actually went up to Lonnie Pool yesterday to get a little early practice in during fall break. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lonnie Pool, I mean, that, that was, that was Richard's deal. I mean, Richard wanted to see this done and he was the, the brains behind, you know, building the on campus facility and, you know, his program and, the, and the, the great players he's had come in that program helped spearhead that project. And they've, they've got a tremendous facility. I mean, that golf course is in fantastic shape. It, it's one of the beautiful, most beautiful properties you'll see in, in, in North Carolina. And, you know, we have a bunch of golf courses that are pretty. And uh, each year it seems to get better. And uh, I think, uh, you know, that's a tribute to Richard and, and, and the people there that they've uh, been able to put that product uh, out there for the public. As you guys uh, get ready for the field this weekend, uh, what, what kind of field is this? And uh, obviously, yeah. when you when you have an NC State, uh, you know, on the on the docket, uh, you know, th- there's guys who have played with with. In other words, the players know one another. So I mean, this right. is there's a little bit of that I'm sure going on. Yeah, and you know, they're probably not as good as they have been. Obviously, this they've had a. They, NC State's a little bit of a tough start to their year, uh, but they're very good. I mean, this this whole field, uh, there's probably, um, I mean, there's there's uh, 15 schools that'll be competing. Mm-hmm. They're all good. I mean, uh, we could go there, and, and you know, if we don't play well, we could, the same thing to happen at Duke could happen here. I mean, we could we could finish last. Uh, I do feel like. We are better all of a than we were a month ago, and I feel good about our, our chances this week to to get a finish. I mean, if we get a finish eighth or better, 
then mm-hmm. we really significantly made uh, a, a big improvement. Uh, if we got a top five, that would be probably the goal. You know, let's right. get a top five. Let's beat the teams. We are better than what we, we you know, have been in the past, and we feel that way, and I think our confidence is heading that way. So it's a big tournament for us, Patrick, in measuring how much better we've gotten. You know, if we go there and we finish, I don't know, 14th, 13th out of 15 teams, uh, you know, you know, it, it would it would be disappointment because you know how how much have we improved, right? You know, and obviously you want to see bigger steps made from a patient standpoint. Not very patient, and so I don't want to see baby steps. I want to see bigger steps being made to us uh, gaining back some respectability in our program and, and being more competitive on a national level. So it, it's a great test for us, and, and we're excited to go there. And Kind of while we went and took advantage of fall break yesterday and played an extra practice round on the golf course so the guys could get a feel for it. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Williams, ECU golf coach with us. Uh, big weekend with uh, a football home game. It's homecoming, of course, and then also uh, ECU Hall of Fame uh, induction uh, time for uh, athletics. Uh, Harold Varner, we'll talk about HV3 in a bit, uh, but uh, one of your uh, past players, uh, an all-decade selection in the conference back in the uh, CUSA days, uh, was uh, Adrian Milliken, and uh, you're going yep. to be kind of uh, being the person that inducts her into the hall with uh, with a speech before. Yeah, so Adrian is in our second recruiting class, and and when they were talking about you know golfers, Kevin, which women golfers deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? They deserve to be considered. I said, well, you have to start at Adrian. So she was the one that put us on the map from a national standpoint. Uh, the women's golf program has had a tremendous amount of success. You know, seven years in, or was it eight years in a row, we went to the NCAA tournament as a national at-large selection, which obviously speaks to the national reputation of the program. Uh, and so, you know, she was the one that kind of started it. The program got started in the fall of 2000 when we first started competing. She comes on campus in the fall of 2001 and won five or six times. I have to look it back up, but I know she won five or six times. We just rocked Daddy for four years. Obviously made the all-decade team in Conference USA, uh, all-conference selection. Just She was the one that, that really uh, – NC State was going after her hard. We were lucky to get her to commit to us. Uh, it was the right fit for, I think. And, uh, and you know, we were able to go to NCAA the third year of the program. We got a national yeah. at-large bid, the third year of the program. And I'm going to tell you, she was the one of the biggest reasons why we were able to because she was so good. And, uh, I mean, you look back on the men's side and Harold Varner, they made it to the NCAA in 2012. And he had some good players around them. But they went because of, Harold Varner was that good. And that's kind of why we got a national at-large bid because Adrian Milliken was that good. Yeah. And uh, even though she wasn't an All-American, she was really close and always the top 100 player in the country. And so we were uh, very, very excited to introduce her um, uh, this weekend and, and, and have, uh, you know, actually our third uh, female golfer in the Hall of Fame, which is kind of interesting yeah. since the program started in 2000. <laughs> but uh, Kathy Postlewaite played, I believe, softball and volleyball here mm-hmm. and then went on to play on the LPGA Tour and went out there. 
Okay. So she's <laughs> yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then we have Gail Sykes. And Gail Sykes Clayton, I believe, gosh, I, it may be her husband's in the Hall of Fame and two of her daughters are in the Hall of Fame as well. Wow. Uh, Michelle Clayton and, and I came to uh, her other daughter in the Hall of Fame. But Gail actually won the 1965 U.S. Junior Girls and she came to East Carolina and uh, from Odessa College after spending some time there and then came here and competed for us when it was AIAW, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, played for a national championship. Just didn't have a team, just competed as an individual and uh, uh, just, uh, you know, pretty, you know, so obviously it's, it's interesting that we're inducting our third one when we, uh, uh, and the first one since the program has been established in 2000. So we're really excited for Adrian. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that's great for her and, uh, congratulations, uh, to her undoubtedly, uh, obviously. And you talked about this with Henry. I know a few weeks back morning show was right at the weekend when, uh, yeah. was the golf tournament Harold was, uh, supposed to be in the golf tournament and, uh, the, the, the fundraising golf tournament for pirate golf and all that. And then, uh, you know, he, he had just signed with live. I thought he put his statement was as eloquently put as, as I think anybody can put things uh, that are going, you know, into a little bit of a touchy situation, but Harold's handled it like an ace, uh, like a chief, like you knew he would. So, I mean, look, I get it. Harold grew up with very modest means, and uh, he's not only doing what's best for his family and generations of his family, but he he will commit a lot of that money to his foundation, which has done a lot to to bring, you know, youth into golf, which is, is sorely needed. Yeah. No, I, I tell you, it, it was a no-brainer. You know, people ask me in my opinion about like Henry did, and you know, you, you, that for Harold, he is, you know, what six months of bad plan or two months of bad plan away from not having his tour card, yeah, having to rely on sponsors exemptions, and and I don't think he's going to do that. I would don't think that would have happened, but at the same time, he wasn't a multiple tour winner right and he didn't have all the stuff that comes with having won multiple times on tour which is your future is solid right your future is set for billy horschel or xander shockley or patrick cantley and those guys they're set they know where they're going to be in 10 years they're going to be on the tour so they've won so much and obviously accumulate so much prize money and so for harold i, I thought it was a pretty easy decision um to, to make and I um, mean you know you look at it in the situation I think he won seven hundred thousand this weekend right Something yeah like not, bad. It, not bad not bad not <laughs> bad I mean he, and he played he played the first two terms didn't play that good and won over three hundred thousand yeah so I mean he he's got a million so far and he had won what this year on the tour too yeah well and here's so, the thing too and, I, and, and, it, yeah it, it yeah. looks like Liv's gonna go there's some kicking around the idea of playing seventy two holes which they probably need to do. They need to do, and but you you got to, and this is a whole conversation for another day. But I mean, you've got to give world ranking points, I think, because I mean, look at the talent now that is matriculated. Because Harold's as as talented a guy; he's top forty in the world this year, right? I mean, he's talented guy, really is great guy too. So, hey, oh yeah, he'd be a great representative, you know, for that tour. He's going to be, and like he has been for us. Hey, uh, good luck this weekend, and always great to catch up with you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk, uh, obviously, before the spring season uh, 
begins. You got this and then another one at the end of the month. But hey, a home game squeezed in there in between, so you'll get to make a home yeah. game. <laughs> That's right, exactly. so that'll, that'll be good. All right. Hey, Coach, <laughs> great you, to Patrick. talk to you. Always love to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Take care. You too. There he goes. Uh, the great uh, Kevin Williams. Love catching up with him. And uh, like we said, they won their last event. So good luck against uh, State this weekend. Uh, tell you what, why don't we uh, save some of our Kim McNeil for tomorrow? Get to some of that. We'll hear from the coordinators tomorrow. Jim Zoki. So, Ben, tomorrow's another pirate report mixed in with a little Panthers. Pirates, Panthers, P-Man. Oh, my. <laughs> like the uh, the great uh, little rejoiner says? Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Mississippi. Thanks to Ben B-Baby Byram. And thanks to uh, Kevin Williams. And thanks to you most of all for listening. Hey, uh, we'll greet you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, coverage of uh, Houston and the coordinators on our social media. Beginning at the top of the hour. So check that out. Also, you can get all the videos from today's uh, Media Day with Pirate Hoops, men's and women's. Be sure to check that out, Facebook and Twitter. We'll catch you in the morning show tomorrow, then back here at 5 for the PJ Show tomorrow. <laughs>